Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. But today we're going to be talking about our eyes and our ears. Careful little eyes, what you see. Careful little ears, what you hear. So we're talking about the eye today. I love Amazon. I love that I can find good things on Amazon. Uh, your eye, your eye. How many of you guys uh, have good eyesight? You got 2020 eyesight. How many of y'all? How many of y'all need help in that department? Anybody? Uh, so yeah, uh, a couple of years ago, um, I, I turned a certain age in my life, and I noticed that I was having headaches, and I um, went to an eye doctor, and they said, yeah, you know. Sometimes when you start getting a little older, they said the the muscles in your eyes kind of start breaking down a little bit. And I was like, so what are you saying? And uh, so we had this little conversation and they said, well, you don't really need glasses all the time, but you need them from time to time. But our eyes are incredibly complex. In fact, uh, you know, you can't get an eye transplant. Did you know that? You can't get an eye transplant. In fact, if you lose your eye, the best thing I could do is give you something that resembles an eye that doesn't function that you can put in that hole in your head to work because your eye is so complex. Your eye is composed of more than 2 million working parts. Isn't that crazy? 2 million working parts. That doesn't include uh, what is in the retina alone. There are 6 million light-sensitive cone cells plus 100 million light-sensitive rods. How many of y'all, when the sun comes in the morning, all those are activated and you're like, what is going on? Well, that's these millions and millions of these cells in your eye that are sensitive. And that's the reason why our eyes are so sensitive. You have one million nerve fibers connected, uh, connecting your eyes to your brain. Now, I don't, know how, like, I, don't know, I don't know how they figure this out. Like, can you imagine being the doctor that's counting these? Hold on, be still. Don't blink. Right? 58, 59. Stop blinking. Right? Got to start all over. I don't know how they figure this out, but but somebody did. Uh, somebody spent the time counting those. Um, did you know 80% of your, mir- your memories are determined by what you see? 80% of your memories are determined by what you see. You blink about every, about 12 times a minute, you'll blink. Right? You don't have to think about blinking, but when you're thinking, you don't blink. Right? You're like, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, right? And so when you're thinking, you're not blinking. Um, your eyeball is the only organ in your body that doesn't grow, that it's the same size from when you're born till you die. Your eye does not grow. Isn't that interesting? Uh, so your eyeball, it's complex, right? All right. We'll stop that before we hurt somebody. We know that people get hurt sometimes in this room. Um, speaking of growing older, did you know your ears have hair in them, right? And as you get a little older, that hair is more visible. Uh, More than 20,000, isn't this crazy? More than 20,000 hairs in your ears. And as you get older, they are more visible, right? Um, Your ears. I've got a couple of ears here. These are my my fun little ears. See if I can get it on here. Yeah, your ears, what? Here you go, Benny. Also, come get him with your little thing here. There's an ear for somebody. Careful, careful. Pastor's throwing things. All right. Um, check this out with your ear. Uh, your ears, we talked about our eyes. They never grow, but your ears 
never stop growing. Isn't it interesting? The ear cartilage continues to grow until the day that you die. The cartilage that's in your ear, that, that weird uh, tissue that's in your ear. Um, not only does the cartilage grow, but the earlobes elongate the older you get. They never stop growing. How many of y'all have seen that to be true, right? Um, check this out. I, I didn't know this. I knew that ears continue to grow because, you know, yeah, we've experienced that with people. And I'm hoping mine will continue to grow, but I'm sure they will. Uh, every year you get a new ear canal. Isn't this interesting? Every year you get a new ear canal. The skin continually increases approximately 1.3 inches per year. Your ear canal grows. Uh, it's weird. If the old skin didn't drop off, you would have a two-foot-long two cord coming out of your ear by the time you're 20 years old. Could you imagine, like, if it didn't stop, you would have, like, these weird uh, things. Um, check this out. Your ears never stop hearing, even when you sleep. Your ears never stop working. Your brain just ignores incoming sounds. Some of us ignore incoming sounds when we're awake. Husbands and wives can attest to that. Um, here's some famous ears. of a little fun with some famous ears. Do we have our slide with our famous ears? Right there, we know Spock, right? Uh, Holyfield, he's got a famous ear. A tasty ear, if you ask Mike Tyson. Um, right, we got the MMA ear with Randy Couture, where it's, you know, cauliflower ear, where the, yeah, it's gross. Anyway, those are some famous ears. Uh, for you guys. But Jesus talked a little bit about eyes and ears. How many of you know that Jesus talked a little bit about, really? Yes, Jesus talked about our eyes and ears. In Matthew chapter 13, uh, Jesus is talking about parables, and everybody's freaking out, and they're like, Jesus, why do you talk about parables? And he said, well, the reason why I have to, I, I'm talking parables because I have to break it down for you because you don't understand. And then he starts talking about the hardness of heart of people, and he says they are ever uh, seeing and hearing but not perceiving. They they. It's like words go in, but nothing stays. He's like, they see things, but nothing catches on. They don't remember. In fact, 80% of the things they actually forget. And so Jesus is saying, you have this problem. He said, but you, because you know me, in Matthew chapter 13, verse 16, he said, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. And so we have this capacity to hear what Jesus is saying. Did you know that if you don't know the Lord, you don't have the capacity to hear what he's saying? You don't, you don't have really the capacity to, to see what he's doing. Why? Because you have a callous heart. And that keeps you from being able to receive from the Lord. And most of the things that we receive in our life come from what we see and what we hear. Um, I want you to imagine with me for just a minute that your inner man or your heart is a fortified city. Okay, you think about biblical cities, and there's still some fortified cities in the world. A city with walls around it. Well, if you have walls around your city, you must also have gates in that wall, right? You got to have this wall to protect you, and then you have these gates to let things in, right? And let things out. If you don't, then nothing gets in, nothing gets out, the city dies. Are you with me? Check this out. Jesus says this. Now, what comes out of our gates are our words and our actions. Okay? Your exit gates. You have exit gates in your life. You have your words and your actions. Right? They reveal what's in your heart. We've talked a lot about this in this series. So the way that you don't do bad things because you have a good heart. You do bad things because you have a bad heart. You do good things because you have a good heart. It might not be where you want it yet. 
but it's getting better. And so you have better things showing up in your life. Why? Because the condition of your heart is exposed through your exit gates, the words that you speak, the way that you live. But we also have entry gates. Now check this out, Matthew chapter 12, verse 35. The good man brings out the good things stored in his heart or stored in him. The evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored in him. So how do you get stuff in, right? It, we have storage in our attic, right? We were in our attic on Friday. We were putting up Thanksgiving decorations and pulling out Christmas decorations because it was after Thanksgiving when you're supposed to do it. And so we went, right? But we have a gate. Getting to the, all right. We have a gate that gets us to our attic, right, that opens and closes. So we open the gate and we put things in the gate or in the attic, in the storage place. So if your heart is a city, you, in order to put good things out, good things have to come in. Right? The good things out of the good Christmas stuff, because we put Christmas stuff in. Listen, I can't just go up into my attic and just say, hey, I, I wish I had some Christmas stuff and there'd be Christmas stuff in there. I have to put it in there. I have to go through that gateway. I have to go through that opening in the attic to put good things there if I want good things to come out. See, some of us want to have this easy beliefism that says, I'm just going to come to Jesus. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to come to church and hear a message. And then all of a sudden, my life's going to change. All of a sudden, I'm going to quit cussing or quit addict, quit being an addict to things, and I'm going to see the world transformed around me. I'm going to bring good things. It doesn't work like that. You have to put good things in there for good things to come out. The great thing is, is in God, when we put good things in, he shakes them up and stirs them together and brings increase to those good things so when they really come out, it's magnified. But our entry gates, the way that we get things in us, are through our eyes, and through our ears. These are the entry gates. That's why we've got to be careful of what we're looking at. Right? The reason why that we deal so much with lust today, men, but also women, the reason why we deal so much, because it's always in front of us. And the more you look at it, the more you're going to have a problem with it. Somebody with me? Right? And the same things are the things that we hear. It's like, man, I can't, I can't quit cussing. I've been trying, I've been trying, I've been trying. It's like, well, who are you spending time with? What kind of music are you listening to? Well, I just, I don't have anything uh, good, good to say. I, I'm I just, you know, it's like, I'm just so negative. I don't know why I'm so negative. Well, what are you putting in? What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Everything you listen to affects you. Everything you see affects you. You don't get to say, well, that's not going to affect me. I'm guarding my heart. It can affect you. It will affect you. You don't get to, it's garbage in, garbage out. It's going, well, whatever's going to come in is going to come out. I promise you. So protect your heart. Remember we talked about this week one. So you have these entry gates, the things that you see and the things that you hear. So let's talk about our eyes. Check this out. Matthew chapter 6. You all okay today? I'm trying not to be too rowdy. I'm trying to calm down a little bit. All right. Matthew chapter 6. The eye is the lamp of the body. We also say the eye is the window of the soul. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. If your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Jesus is saying, careful little eyes, 
what you see. Careful what you look at, because what you look at will affect you, and you will be full of darkness. What is he talking about? Jesus is really talking about focus. He's talking about the thing that we're focused on. We're going to go back, and we're going to look at at the context here. But that word right there, when he says, if your eyes are good, other translations say, if your eyes are full of light. The word there in the Greek is the word single. If you have one eye, if you have one gaze, if you have one focus, your life will be full of light. Check it out. All right, let's, the context, now, let, let's understand context because context is important. Come on. We talked a little bit about that last week. Jesus is talking specifically about money, greed, and worry in this context. And we're going to talk a little bit about this. Um, how many know that greed is a focus issue? Right? What does greed say? Well, I need to get more. 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 I need to get rich. I need to have more money in the bank. I don't have enough money in the bank. I want to take some of your money. Right? I don't want to give any money away because that doesn't fall in line with my personal mission statement. Greed is very, and listen, we all battle greed. And it might not be greed about money. Sometimes we're greedy with our time. Sometimes we're greedy with our relationships. Come on. Sometimes we're greedy with our emotions. Sometimes we're greedy with our energy. Well, if I do that, I won't have any time for myself. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. This is your world, and we're all just living in it. Sorry. Not sorry. Even listen, So greed expresses itself in lots of ways. Sometimes it's in money. I've met people that are really generous with their money, but real greedy with their time. And I've met people that are real generous with their time and real greedy with their money. How many of God wants it all? He wants it all. He said, well, why y'all talk about, why does the church talk about money? Listen, the church isn't interested in your money. God is interested in your money because your money shows where your motivation is, just like your time does, just like your energy. Let's go back to the scripture. Matthew chapter 6. Let's look at this in context. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. We're talking about treasures, storing things. Where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What is our treasure? What do we value most? Time, energy, money. Where your treasure is, where are we focused on those things? The eye is the lamp of the body. Here it goes. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is the darkness, how great the darkness. Then he says this, no one can serve two masters. No one can be really double-minded. No one can be double-focused. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Then Jesus goes in and talks about worry. And he's like, why do you worry about all this stuff and the riches? And how am I going to have clothes tomorrow? And Listen, it's a noble goal, right? I want to be a good provider. I need to have things. I need to be provided for. Those are what we would call noble concerns. Jesus is saying, don't worry about it. Worry also reveals your focus. Right? Oh, man, all, all I can think about is, my kids making bad choices. Why? Because your heart is set on them. So you only worry about what you're focused on. 
So Jesus says this, if you want to get into a worry-free zone, if you want to get into a greed-free zone, if you want to just you're, to be abandoned and free from all that junk that holds on to your soul, he says this in verse 33, seek first his kingdom. So if you want to be free from all the things that we've just talked about, greed, frustration, tension, worry, seek first the kingdom. What is our goal to be, believers? Our goal is to be the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things. All the things you're worried about, all the things you're stressed out about, all the things that you're freaking out about, They'll all take care of themselves if you will set your eye to a single focus, the kingdom of God. Now, church is included in the kingdom, but we're not just talking about church. The kingdom is more than this room and this fellowship. The kingdom is your workplace because you're there. Your kingdom is your family because you're there. The kingdom is your recreation because you're there. Because where you are, God has dominion. Because you're in his dominion. So what's the focus? Well, just this, listen, this is how you can turn a job that you hate into your ministry. You say, well, I'm, I'm not really called to ministry. We're all called to ministry. I have a vocational ministry job, which means that, like, I'm paid to do ministry. Not full-time, by the way, just in case you get scared about that. But we're all called to ministry because we're all called to the kingdom. We're all called to advance the kingdom. You don't just bring people to church and say, man, I'm hoping they'll start coming to church with me and meet God. That's great. But how about they meet God at your workplace? Because ministry happens through you. The kingdom. So wherever you're working, if you do it for the glory of God and the kingdom, so what you're doing is you're working at Starbucks, you're making lattes for the king of glory. You have a boss that you're answering to. You might not like that boss, but there's a boss above the boss that guards your heart, that watches your heart, that says, let's see if they'll serve me. Let's see if they'll honor me here. And then watch the blessing of God come. Because you're advancing the kingdom. You're advancing the king wherever you're at. It doesn't mean that you're quoting scriptures all the time. Oh, I'm just making this latte. Oh, Psalm. You know, all the, all the women come in. Proverbs 31 woman. You know, you, you, don't, you, you don't even have to get into all that. All you have to do is just do it as unto the Lord. Do it like it's worship. What are you doing? You're putting the kingdom first. And then you're going, I kind of like my job. Because I'm not really working for a paycheck. I'm working for God. And then guess what? He's blessing me perspective. What are you focused on? Don't focus on the money. You got to have money. Money is not our focus. This is exactly what Jesus is talking about. Don't be focused on money. Seek the kingdom. Whatever you're doing, it's hard. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, it's hard. I get it. I'm right there with you. I think about it too much. I don't know who had the money. Come on. What has your attention? What has your focus? Is it self? Is it greed? Not just money? Listen, we've got to learn to make the main thing the main thing. The main thing is not you, wherever your job is, insert, 
working at Starbucks. The main thing isn't making lattes for yoga pant lattes. I call them yoga pant lattes. You know what yoga pant, what do they call PSL? Pumpkin spice, I call them yoga pant lattes. Right? That's my little joke. Y'all can laugh and make me feel better. Um, Thanks, thanks, thanks. Appreciate that. You're working for God, whatever it is that you're doing. It's kingdom focus. Listen, you've got to make a living. But the main thing, the main thing is not making lattes. The main thing is exalting Jesus there, not just in what you say. Those opportunities will come. You don't need to be known as the annoying preacher guy at work. That doesn't need to be your identity. Your your first identity needs to be, dang. I mean, the lattes over on Carrier are way better than any Starbucks ever. Why? Because you're making the lattes. Dang. I'm good lattes. They got glory on them. Right? Come on. When we're working, listen, this is the thing. When we're working for God, when we're doing it for God, then he's in charge of the promotions. <laughs> Come on. I love that. Y'all all right? Um, is your focus your need, your lack? Let's switch gears. Your insecurity. Is your need your security? Is that your focus? Your security or your insecurity? The pride. Is it the tensions of life, your troubles, your sorrows, your mistakes? These are all poor things to be focused on. We, we meet people all the time that can't get over their past. They're locked into this thing called shame. Listen, I, I've said it for years. If the devil can't get you in sin, he'll get you in shame. Because shame will hold you down just as much as sin will. You've got to shake it off. Yes. What has your focus? What is your drive? What keeps you up at night? Good or bad, what keeps you up? And let me just say this. It could be your dreams. It could be your godless dreams. Follow your dreams, the world says. Listen, if God isn't included in your dream, it's not kingdom-minded. And listen, we're not just asking God to bless it. Because this is what we do. Oh, Lord, I want to do this. I want to do this. Oh, yeah, and at the end of it, I'll go. I just want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the whole time, you didn't even think about him. Listen, it is not an afterthought. Being kingdom is not an afterthought that we attach at the end and go, in Jesus' name. It's a forethought. And it's an afterthought. It's a here and a now and it's a going. Y'all all right? So be willing to lay down your godless dreams. I can guarantee you that that God's dream for you is way bigger than anything you can imagine. And you're afraid. Some of you are afraid to lay down your dream and your desire because you're afraid that God might have something less for you. I can tell you, you surrender, you be kingdom-minded, it'll be greater than anything you can imagine. It'll be different than what you can imagine. So let's lay down our godless dreams because sometimes those can be just as much an idol. So in a world that tells you follow your dreams, I say follow the dream maker. I say follow the creator of dreams. Let him give you his dream. And then you'll find fulfillment. And then your success, your success won't be determined by the outcome of what you see with your hand. Your success will be, God, this is what you put in my heart, and, this, and I did it. And I feel awesome about it. Even if nobody shows up. Even if nobody buys what I'm selling. I did it for God. And at the end of the day, he was glorified. Y'all all right? You will not be disappointed. 
Those that hope in him will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. God, God's, God's dream for you is way bigger than you can imagine. Way bigger. So don't come and with your big dream. All oh, my dreams. Oh, just got so much. I'm like that, man. I'll tell you what. I can, I can dream in a, in a heartbeat. I can, I can walk out this door and imagine something totally different than what I'm doing right now. And God's going, that's so small. <laughs> really? Where am I in all that? Check this out. Our focus is to be the kingdom. Our focus is to be the king. Hebrews 12.1, life verse. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Notice he says everything that hinders and sin, which tells us that just because it's not a sin doesn't mean it's not hindering you. What? Just because it's not a sin doesn't mean it's not hindering you. So throw off everything, everything that hinders you. And the sin that so easily entangles you, and let us run with perseverance the, mar- the race marked out for us, the dream aligned for us, and let us fix our eyes on Jesus. What is he saying? Get rid of any distraction that would keep you from pursuing this beautiful man. What is distracting you? What is keeping you from staying focused on Jesus? Listen, the goal is Jesus. The mission is Jesus. The purpose is Jesus. It's Jesus. It's all about Jesus. He's not just the reason for the season. He's just the reason. It's all about Jesus. He's the vision. He's the dream. He's the goal. He's the prize. He's the fuel. He's the reward. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Let's be dangerously obsessed with Jesus. And be totally fulfilled in every moment of our life. He is the dream. And we need to abandon anything that hinders that dream. Let me remind you that it's the small things. It's the little distractions. The little areas in your life. I'm not even talking about sin today. Y'all all right? I'm preaching harder than you're responding. Listen, I'm not talking about the sin issues. I'm just talking about the little things. The little foxes, Song of Solomon says this, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little foxes that spoil the vineyard of love. It's those little things. It's not the big things because you're aware of those. In fact, you're focused on those. You want to sin more? Focus more on your sin. That's how, you, that's how you sin more. You focus on, if I can be more self-disciplined, I'll quit sinning. If you focus on Jesus, you'll quit sinning. Oh, I'm just trying so hard. I'm trying so hard. That's the problem. You need to stop trying and start yielding. Well, I just, I can't quit this and that. How much time have you spent with Jesus today? Oh, not as much as I should. That's always the answer. <clears throat> He says, catch rest the foxes, those little, those little foxes, before they spoil the vineyard. They'll screw up the whole vine. They'll mess up everything. Those little distractions. We're not talking about sins. The distractions will screw up everything. I'm just not being fruitful. Little foxes. What are you looking at? 
I mean, we're like spiritually ADD, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like super like insane. Like I'm really focused unless he's like, the kids come in, Dad, will you turn? Because, no. man, I know if I go over here, I'm going to be over there and over there and there, right? Some of y'all are with me. So I got to clear everything out and just be focused. That's how we are spiritually so many times. We're just like here and there. I'm going to do those. I'm going to do what we're over here. I got to do this and do. Yeah. What was I doing again? Oh, yeah. Focus. Listen, we were meant to live in intimacy with Jesus. We were meant to live life focusing on his face by the, and the leading of his whisper. That word that we see many, many times in, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew language, it says presence, is the same word that they use for face. Anytime we talk about the presence of the Lord, we're talking about the face. What is it? It's the intimacy. It's the face-to-face. It's the little foxes that spoil the vineyard of love. This love relationship with we, that we have with this beautiful man and all these things going on, sin and not sin are going, look at me. Look over here. And he's going, just focus on me. Focus on my kingdom. We are looking to his presence and his purpose. And what else? We are listening to his lead. So we've talked about what we're looking at. We're looking at him. We're looking at his kingdom. We're being mindful. Our mind is full of the kingdom. And then who and what we listen to. When we talk about intimacy... Intimacy isn't Leslie and I just sitting there and going, we're being intimate. No, there's also the whisper. There's also the conversation. And God wants you to have ears that hear. You know, Jesus said this. He said, my sheep know my voice, John chapter 10. Can I tell you, it is natural for you to hear the voice from heaven. It is, it is spiritually natural. It's not earthly natural. It's spiritually natural, supernatural, for you to experience and know the voice of your heavenly Father. Because God wants you to, to be led by him. And some of that is listening to the inward witness of the Spirit. If we're going to be intimate with the Lord, it's got to be about listening. Because how can we do what we're supposed to do if we can't hear what we're Supposed to hear. The problem is we're listening to everything else except for the Lord. Careful little ears, what you hear. The people that were around, the things that we're watching and listening to on television, all, all the media, all, all the stuff, it's influencing us. It's all influencing us. What are we going to listen to? What has the loudest voice in our life? Oh, that'll work. Check this out. Listen, if we're going to enter into this, it's a walk of faith. Right? How many know it's easier to live by faith if you have someone telling you what to do? It's like if you have your eyes closed, which we don't in the kingdom, and we, we kind of do. But we, if, you, if you were, you know, these MMA fighters, I've shared this illustration before. These MMA fighters, they go in there, and the success of their fight can be contingent upon, are they able to tune out all the other voices in the arena and just listen to the voice of their coach? Because if they can listen to that guy, they'll be successful. Because he can see things that they can't see. We have got to tune our ear into heaven and listen and hear what he's saying. Well, how do we hear what he's saying? We hear what he's saying by building our faith, and it all comes, it all starts and ends with the same thing. It all starts and ends with the word of God. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes by hearing. 
Your strength is your faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Listen, receiving the Word of God is how you got here. It's how you got where you're at, and it's how you're going to get where you're going. It's the Word of the Lord. It's hearing what God's saying. It's knowing what God, how do I know what God's saying? Because I'm developing a relationship. I'm spending time with his presence, and I'm listening to his voice, and I'm responding to what he's saying. And as I'm doing this, I'm walking in faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. It's giving you confidence to carry out what God is saying. How do I have the confidence? The same way that you got it. The, the, the same way that you started walking is the same way that you keep walking, the Word of God. It's how, it's how you came to the Lord. How did you come to the Lord? You heard the Word of the Lord, right? Someone was preaching to you, the Spirit quickened you, and you said yes. Guess what? That's not the only time you say yes. That's just the first time. And so the rest of our life is going, yes, 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 I'm listening to you. I'm tuning out. Everything is trying to distract me from listening. It's a faith walk. We live by faith. We walk by faith. It all begins and ends with faith. How do we get faith? With the word. We have a, this is, this is how we do this. Y'all see that? Can you get a little higher? We need to, somebody can grab those higher stools. So I've got this dirt here, and I got this pan with uh, what did I say? This dirt in that pickle jar. Can y'all see that? All right, you can. Anna, all right. So this is what happens. Life comes at us, right? That's life. So things that we're hearing, the things that we're doing, the things that we're seeing. Right? And we're like, where is God in all this? Well, the thing is, is you have the scripture. You have the community that you're in. God has provided all these ways for you to be able to hear him. So there it is. But it's all there. What do you got to do? You got to get that grid that we call it many times, the word of God. And you just got to begin to shake it. Until you start tuning out the voices. Until you can start seeing what's there. This is how you hear what the Lord is. And then as you shake it long enough, eventually all that garbage is gone and all you have is gold. All you have is the word of the Lord. Then you know what God is saying. You know what God is doing. Why? Because you've sifted it out. You've sifted it out. That's why it's so important for you to get into the word. This is why it's so important for you to have a relationship with the Lord because life is going to come at you and this is what you're going to do. You're going to go, well, God wouldn't want this. He might. Have you read the word? How do you know his mind? You have the word of God. Well, I don't know if this is the Lord or not. Are you sifting it through the word? Then you get this gold, right? And then you know what God's saying. And then you know what God's doing. Why? Because you have this grid of the word of the Lord, right? That's, that's a... That's a rock. I'm trying to be careful here because I've hurt people before and they left the church. True story. Check this out, Philippians 4.8. Fix your thoughts on what is true. That's what we listen to. Fix our thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. 
What do we have that's all those things, that's pure, that's admirable? The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is to become our meditation. See, something happens when the word of God gets into you. Something happens. You actually, you actually become, the word of God actually becomes ingrained in your nature. Listen, I am talking about your Bible mostly. But we're also talking about what God is speaking to you in those words that he shares. And you have that grid to say, did the Lord say that? I think it could be the Lord. Right? So there's this guy, you guys have heard his name before, that wrote a whole book in the Bible called Jeremiah. His name's Jeremiah. And he's a prophet of the Lord. Now, Jeremiah had a terrible task. Let's just be real about it. His job was to declare to the nations God's judgment, God's doom, and God's gloom. No hope. Turn or burn. That's all it was. I mean, he was like that preacher. Probably angry, probably frustrated, but mostly he was broken. We know Jeremiah as the weeping prophet. And the reason is is because he devoted his life to doing what God says, and he never saw any fruit. Forty years. But he was successful. Because he obeyed what the Lord told him to do. Now, God's not going to call you to that. Because now we have Jesus as the hope of the world, always, and available, not by works. Come on. So when Jeremiah was 17 years old, this is what happens. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. This is the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Yes. I love that, Lord. Before you were born, I set you apart. Thank you, God. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. Yes. Oh, wait. A prophet to the nations? That's bad news because our nation is in bad shape. Oh, sovereign Lord. I don't know, I, I don't know how to talk. I don't know how to speak. I, I'm only a child. I'm only about 17 years old. And the Lord said, don't say I'm only a child. Shut it. With those excuses, you must go everywhere I send you and say whatever. I command you, oh, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord, check this out, then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, now I've put my words in your mouth. Now, you got this timid dude who doesn't want to do what God says, but the word of the Lord came to him. And God put the word of the Lord into him. And then watch this. Chapter 5, Jeremiah says this. Watch how his tone changes. At first he was like, uh-uh, I don't want to say that. No. God tells him this in Jeremiah chapter 5. I will make my words in your mouth a fire. Okay, Lord. I mean, four chapters later, I'm still a little skeptical if I'm Jeremiah. I mean, Lord, it's only four chapters. I'm just not there yet. Then he says this in chapter 16. He says, when your words came, I ate them. Remember the Lord put his words there. He said, I ate them. They were joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name. How many know that he was starting to get it? So here he was like, I don't want to speak for you, God. I don't want to hear you, Lord. Let's just close my eyes and close my ears and just pretend what you hear. And God says, I'll put it on your mouth. He says, okay, Lord, I'll I'll do this. And he says, your word was there, and I ate it. Now, Scripture has this concept called eating the scroll. And you, there's some Scripture in your notes there that you can, you can reference. But basically, with, with the scroll, it was sweet to the lips, but bitter to the stomach. Other words, the word of the Lord comes sometimes, and it's good. And then as you start eating, you're like, 
this not so good because it just, it didn't feel right today. I mean, it's just not sitting well with me. Sometimes the word of the Lord feels like that. But what happens is when you eat the scroll, when you eat the word of God, it begins to come in and be, take root in your life and it becomes a part of you. How many of you know you are what you eat? Especially with the word of God. So if you want to be a walking testimony of Jesus, then you need to make a steady diet upon the word of God. It might not like feel good in the beginning, but if you'll eat it, it'll grow on you. It might not be fun at the front end. Can you imagine eating a scroll? I mean, this actually really happened in Ezekiel. Gross. But you eat it, it becomes your diet. It becomes your life source. And then this, Jeremiah chapter 20, he's preaching. People are like, dang, we hate you. All you ever talk about is judgment. He's like, this is the word of the Lord. Hey, I didn't say it. God said it. I'm just the FedEx guy. And so he shows up, and he's preaching, and they lock him up, and they whip him. They, they, they're beating him. They set him right outside the city gate. He's out there, and they're beating him down. And then he's, like, still preaching. Stocks and bonds, beaten, tortured. The word of the Lord says. And then this guy comes and releases him. And so he's released and all beat up, bloodied and bruised. And he starts singing to the Lord this song. And he makes this statement in verse 9 of chapter 20. But if I said, I will not make mention of him or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fuego shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. Other words, I can't shut up about the word of the Lord. A young man who couldn't speak, God says, consume my word. And now he's saying, I can't do anything but declare the word of the Lord. Listen, I'm telling you, it was a process, but he got there. He got there. And I'm telling you, you can get there too, but you've got to develop a relationship with the word of the Lord, with the face, the focus of his face. Two quick stories and we're done. Mark chapter 7, there's a deaf and mute man. That means that he can't speak. Mute. Button. Mute. Deaf and mute. Jesus sticks his fingers in the man's ear and he touches his tongue and he says, be opened. I think today some of you that are having a hard time hearing and speaking your God-given assignment. Today, God wants to come and say, be open. Second story, Mark chapter 8, next chapter, there's a blind man. And he comes to Jesus. And Jesus actually spits in the man's eyes. Thanks, Jesus. Would Jesus do that? My bracelet says, what would Jesus do? Jesus spits in the dude's eyes. And the guy that had never been able to see, he starts looking around and he goes, I can see, but it's like people are walking around and they look like trees. This is freaky. Like, what did you put in my eyes, Jesus? Right? And then Jesus prays for him a second time. 
Hey, just because it don't work the first time don't mean you shouldn't pray a second time. Even Jesus had to pray a second time for this man. Even Jesus. So Jesus prays for him a second time, and the scriptures say that he could see clearly. Listen, I don't know how many times that you've prayed for God to align your focus, for God to clear up your blurriness, to give you a single eye, a single gaze towards him. I don't know how many times you prayed for that, but I'm telling you today that today can be your day. Today could be the day that last Sunday in November of 2016, that could be your day that you said, you know, I could see a little bit before and I was saved and I knew the Lord and I could see, but I just couldn't see clearly. But the Lord did something that day and now I see clearly. And guess what? I can also hear clearly. We're going to ask the ministry team to come forward. I believe today that Lord, the Lord wants to do that. He wants to open eyes to see and ears to hear. Eyes that can focus on his presence, focus on his kingdom, and ears that can follow his whisper, that can hear his leading. 